listening to Inside the Inside. I'm your host, Yeva. Let's meet Florian and Teresa, graduating insiders, ready to reclaim the commons. Hello guys. Hello. Hey. Nice having you here. Just like with everybody else, I would just like to ask you to shortly introduce yourself. Teresa, maybe we can start with you. Okay, I'm Teresa, origin from Czech Republic. I studied before Kabeka, I studied in Scotland for three years in Dundee, at the University of Dundee, and before that I studied two years architecture in Prague. That's about it. <laughs> nice, what about you, Florian? I'm uh, Florian, I, I'm from the Netherlands, and I did my bachelor in Rotterdam at uh, Willem de Koning Academy. Now, of course, I'm doing my master here, and I see myself as a spatial designer, rather than an interior architect or an architect or something like this. I like that it's sort of lingering in between uh, different disciplines or different, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that from talking to other people as well. It's quite often they don't want to define themselves as, let's say, interior architect. I feel I have it quite similar as Florian because I at first I studied uh, yeah, yeah, just very technical architecture and urbanism. Then I studied spatial design and now interior architecture. And I wouldn't also define myself as interior architect because also not everything I do is about just interiors. So I also, as Florian, like to combine different, uh, yeah, different disciplines or different medias within my work from also sometimes graphic design, sometimes spatial design, architecture and kind of illustrations. And I, I just write, like to mix the range of, of all the creative medias within the works. And it feels like, again, from talking to everybody else, that you're really free to do that. Yeah, we are like whatever very, makes sense. Yeah. yeah, still this master is a lot about still getting to to know yourself, experiment and really yeah. f- find your place within the field. Yeah, like this century is not really about like as the past century when they were like these men architects and there was one field and that was the architecture. But I feel like right now the spatial design and even architecture is much wider and there is yeah. so much more from the social design, service design and uh, yeah, it's yeah. still broadening. Yeah. So what would be the main differences you would draw out like between studying in the technical university versus the arts academy? There is much more freedom at our academy. There is much more time for, for being creative and for the projects. 70% of my time within the technical school was focused on technical subjects like maths, geometry and there was like not much actually time for expressing myself and then also uh, they wouldn't let you do like your taste. They always try to be like them a bit to get their taste into it so uh yeah i didn't have really much of self-confidence back then and leaving the school and going to scotland to arts college was like the best choice i ever did because i finally 
learn to believe in myself and to really express myself and before it was not really possible so I assume that there's like a different uh, teaching tradition yeah. also at this university was where like the the teacher is kind of the authority and you do what it says a bit so that's it sounds very familiar yeah I'm from Lithuania and it's okay, also it's yeah. like the, okay. the teacher <laughs> clearly is above you yeah. and there's no not really yeah. peer-to-peer uh, yeah. dialogue happening yeah. it's yeah. kind of yeah. You're getting directions, then you yeah. better do it. Yeah. Even the first day of like my bachelor at, at the architecture was that like we were all sitting. It was like 300 of us in the first year, and we were sitting there. And then the teacher was like, "Yeah, this bachelor only 30% of you will finish." And we were just sitting there. And I was like, "What?" Oh my god! <laughs> That's much. Nice be start to that. Yeah. And I was just like, "This is something positive." Wow. <laughs> So yeah, it's just the start, like you're, if you already get here, you know you're welcome and like, yeah, it's much, it's so different. Yeah, nobody's treating you like you probably are kind of disposable, yeah. you're probably going to not be here at the yeah. end anyways. Yeah, you Did feel you? like there's... I think here is yeah. the, a bit the opposite, like everyone is trying to get you there uh, to, yeah. to the end, together with this group and we are... I think every year is around 10 people, mm-hmm. something like this. So you're really close with each other. There's definitely much more care yeah. for the individuals. That someone actually knows your name and uh, cares about you. Oh. <laughs> nice. It should be the, the standard no. baseline, yeah. right? But yeah. sadly it's not really in no, reality. No. Yeah, everybody's treating so nicely back inside. Yeah. It seems like this uh, investigation I'm doing here is like really, it's, everything yeah. checks out. You are <laughs> as nice in reality as you are on paper or this year online. So you mentioned the technical university and math and, and, yeah. and physics and whatnot. What about here? Like, if you need this, can you actually get guidance on it, or is it there's nothing of this uh, super technical? Mm, no. no, I also don't think uh, people choose this program, especially the people who do not want to do this choose this program because we're looking at a different side of design. It's more right. about yeah. social interaction, more about uh, looking at the world and it's m- what much more within. also research based. We do exactly. like very rich research yeah. to go to our projects, so. And then it's been reflected in spatial design, so it's not that much about technical details and yeah. about mm. maps and all this. But obviously, like, so if you're interested in that, then you can do it, but in your own time, yeah. And I think it's about <laughs> also what kind of project you're doing. Yeah. Like, it, I, I think this master is really about, okay, what project are you doing and how, what is the best, best way to present your project? Is it drawings? Then make clear drawings. Is it... Uh, something else than make clear images or whatever it's mm. it's uh, also, presented yeah. in a way that it suits your project and make it most most clear yeah also we went, we had quite wide range of tutors from yeah, yeah architects from MVRDV to more uh, experimental studios which are much more social or much more artistic so it was also a really wide range of um, yeah like ideas or inputs from the t- tutors which then also showed us a bit more of the broader image of yeah. what uh, the architecture can be and I'm sure if someone would like to do something more technical or uh, more uh, yeah like 
architecture in a sense, then uh, I, I'm sure they, he would be directed to someone or there would be help found. If you want to study math, then don't go to... Yeah. No. <laughs> if, you can, like if you're really interested in technical stuff, then you go to the TU Delft yeah. to yeah. actually study the technical stuff and yeah. be really good at it. Yeah, it's very interesting, I think, how you can study the same thing in so many different ways. Yeah. And this is, of course, just an option, but I, I think it's really cool how you can not only do design, but also get to know yourself as a designer, as an architect. Oh. And yeah. I think that that's sort of what this program is about and why I chose the program also. Yeah. How did you hear about it? I wanted to do a master, <laughs> but I wasn't sure uh, which one. And I looked at Design Academy and Rietveld and, uh, or Sandberg, I mean, and uh, Piet Zwart, and they were just a bit too free and a bit too, too artistic. And I feel mm. I'm lingering a bit in between the artistic and more practical side. And I forgot a bit about the KBK and uh, then the last We're week... We're only 30 kilometers away. I know, I know, <laughs> but I, I just, it was just uh, somewhere in the back of my mind, but not in the front part. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly I, I realized this and I, I found inside and I, it sort of clicked and I was like, ah, this is, this is the one. And I applied and it was one week before the final Classic. deadline. Classic. Yeah. So it was like one week of stressing and applying, and then I got in. So. Um, oh, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. yeah. Did you also apply at the last second, uh, Teresa? No, no. Uh, for me, it was uh, I studied in uh, Scotland, the bachelor, and um, I was also thinking to stay for my masters in UK. But for me, it was really like the Brexit hit and the tuition fees got ha so high and I was just like, it was, everything was really uncertain in the UK, like how the Brexit will work out. Like there was no option for us to study anything in Czech. When I visited always Netherlands, I really liked it here and also uh, I was looking for a course where the Eng where it's English, so where it's in English and not in uh, other languages. And uh, yeah, so I decided to go to the Netherlands and then I was looking for masters and there were actually not that many masters from like in the field. And uh, yeah, I just found KBK and it kind of clicked and I was, I got here. Second click. Yeah, yeah second click. <laughs> yeah, I came here actually for the open day. Yeah, and I talked to the people there. I was like, okay, let's try. So, and now you uh, both already did your two years. Yeah. Right. You're graduating. Seven more days to go. Or no. Oh my. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> you're almost done with your graduation works. Uh -huh. They're both nodding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nodding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what is it? What are you guys working on? Maybe let's start from like the concept or like the, what is it about? Uh, yeah. I could okay, start. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, let's see how to explain. Basically, I'm now kind of looking at my own neighborhood or taking this as an example. Um, basically, when I look around my neighborhood, I um, feel a bit saddened by the fact that there's quite a lot of public space, but the public space around me doesn't uh, tempt me to use it. And it's either very defined, uh, like a, a playground and like uh, benches uh, put on the side so that parents can watch their children play, etc., etc. Or they are too undefined and leaving the public space quite unused and unwanted. And where do you live? Oh, I live in at uh, Oude Noorde in Rotterdam. 
Yeah, Old North, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a city neighborhood built in 1900, the start of 1900. But there has also been a lot of, a part of the uh, neighborhood has been torn down in uh, the 70s because of the sort of the bad, bad uh, maintenance of the buildings. Mm. So in the 70s and 80s, a lot of buildings have been torn down. So it's sort of a mix between uh, older buildings and newer buildings. And, and it's a staple of uh, Rotterdam in general, I think. Yeah, true, true, true. And it's quite nice because there are a lot of uh, cultures sort of living alongside each other, but I have the feeling they live quite separate and not mm. really together. So it's, uh, I don't, I feel that the public space is not used uh, that much to meet in. And so, that and was then your starting point. that was sort of my starting point together with, I, I did my thesis on a particular type of neighborhood, which is the cauliflower neighborhood or the Bloemkoolwijk as we, uh, say in Dutch and uh, tell us more. What is this, that? <laughs> this type of neighborhood is uh, is built in a so in the 70s and 80s also, and has a very social motive. So uh, sort of everything within these neighborhoods is designed to stage so social settings, and it's about like a small scale living environments that sort of stimulate social interaction between neighbors. And uh, uh, the architects back then uh, were also sort of the urban planners and they played a lot with the relationship between public and private space and how to establish or rearrange this relationship. So I looked at both, uh, I looked at the design principles of these specific neighborhoods and I took both the positive and the negative aspects and then I sort of revalued these design principles into new design principles that I now, that I'm now applying on my own neighborhood to see if I can uh, sort of reapproach the way we use and uh, design public space in the city. Fascinating. In the previous interview, I learned about olifant, olifantiapad. Yeah. 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 Olifantiapad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it's yeah. a cauliflower one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> amazing. I, I love the. Yeah. yeah, it's sort Quirk of everything up. It's sort of it, the the name comes from the fact that it sort of branches out into yeah, there's yeah. one main road which is sort of the stem and then it branches out into a smaller smaller uh, smaller scale and uh, what about you Teresa what was your starting point maybe how also how your thesis influenced the uh, the rest of the research in your path <clears throat> my thesis and even my projects are uh, super closely tied and it goes one hand with another. Yeah, my starting point was very actually personal and uh, my whole project has very personal link because I'm focusing on a place where I intend to live and work one day. It's a village in Czech Republic called Libyovitske Svobodné Hory and it's very little village. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say it again? Svobodné Hory. From the beginning I kind of felt like Architecture and also urban design in the past years or past centuries were always very focused on on the development of the cities and, and the buildings and everything. And also, many architects, um, even in Czech, centralize in in the main cities and they focus within, obviously, the the, the place they live. And I could see for for past years um, that obviously for longer periods uh, how much the city is affecting the countryside and also kind of the modern lifestyle that basically countryside turned in a place where people can like return to sleep 
uh, from from cities and it becomes like this big agricultural land with little bit of uh, villages within where people from cities go for weekends but uh, really like the locals drifted apart because we're of working elsewhere and there's not really much happening within the villages Czech as also in Lithuania <laughs> you know the past century was quite hard with also the history and uh, the Soviet Union and the communist era and also the Nazis so um it all very much affected the countryside and uh, the kind of the relationship between the people and people and people and land and people and the ruler architecture was basically destroyed. And uh, so my thesis was very much uh, focused on getting this general image of the of the area from from the history and how it affected the social life within the countryside, but also how it affected the architecture and all these different connections. I was seeking and uh, I also did for my uh, thesis an experiment when I walked around the village with like models and maps and I went door by door to every house. Uh, I talked to the people and I asked them to fill my model and maps and we had, I prepared some questions. So yeah, you can, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you were walking with their own village model and like kind of asking them to reflect on it or? Yeah, basically I had like a map of the village uh, prepared with some questions and uh, to draw into it yeah like what are the important points within the village and uh, if they have some memories within like specific places and how they use certain places and then i also made like a white market of um of, of a house and i just wanted to know more about their personal life if they need to travel to work if they uh, how they use their garden it was just very interesting to basically it was the first time when i met everyone from the village and also observing the reactions and everything and what is very surprising everyone was very welcoming and nice but even more surprising is that no one in the village meets each other anymore for past 10 years and there are no common tradition and you i could much more clear to see that the village completely drifted apart and also is becoming much more much more privatized so i was trying to do something kind of against this trend because also when i talk to the people they actually all of them miss that there is nothing happening and the the, the old public places are vanished within these private properties and all that that was kind of my starting point after the thesis to to create something about uh yeah all of them have in common and also what could bring them together, kind of find a transitional space within this private uh, landscape. So you were conducting interviews, did you, Florian, did you get to talk to the people in the neighborhood that you're uh, yeah, researching? Yeah, um, I did. It was a bit difficult. I uh, It was winter time and it was COVID, of course, so it was quite these neighborhoods are quite large so i met some people in the street and mm. i went around with my camera and this also provoked a bit so people were like oh why are you taking pictures and that kind of stuff so um, fair question of course a fair question <laughs> but this was actually quite nice because i was a bit anxious like oh my god i need to talk to people without them maybe they yeah. don't want this once i got going it was also uh, more easy to talk to people and yeah. which was really nice and gave some nice insights about mm-hmm. if they actually enjoy living here and it's not the first time i hear this from the insiders about this um, interest in very local 
and maybe personal local even. And I don't know, to me that really sparks uh, a lot of hope for like more socially inclusive uh, city planning. Yeah. Because I, as uh, we talked before this interview, uh, that it used to be like a very different um, approach to architecture. Like there are these men, they are the architects and they will just wait a second and they will land something yeah. on you like this yeah. perfect modern grid and you will live there very happily. But it, so far it has never worked. And I feel maybe when when the neighborhoods were built more organically and especially in rural places where, yeah. you know, you build the house wherever you seem fit. It's not that you had to go and get permission with the exact uh, mm-hmm. blueprint from oh. the municipality or something. It, uh, it was uh, also mm-hmm. somehow more social. Yeah, of course. And also building the houses back then was very social because uh, the whole village yeah. helped each other. And also um, because they needed to build it by their hands and with their bodies. Yeah. So you just built what you actually needed and not more. So you wouldn't have five bedrooms you would have like one room where everyone lived so it was and also you had to work with the landscape so you really were careful to observe what is the best place and how to fit the house into the landscape so it was very very much i feel like um the people back then had a much stronger uh, i don't know like connection connection or also the feeling of of where to build these houses were then inherited generations by generations by generations of, of the same family. So that also is something that is not happening anymore. And I'm a bit sad that now it's like vacation home for like the city yeah. hipsters yeah. that yeah. want to, you know, yeah. dig yeah. some dirt and grow yeah. carrots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The countryside life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is like yeah. like your very sterile version yeah. of the countryside life. But my kind of uh, goal was from the beginning so to show young people that it's not only like this vacation place. Uh, I plan to live there and um, I position a bit myself as like this uh, first tryout or uh, of how it can happen because if pioneer pioneer that's the right word as a pioneer <laughs> because obviously like I I all of my friends uh, they've and they finished architecture like yeah we need to stay in Prague because we, we need to have a job but uh, really no one is considering countryside as a valuable place to stay so so both of you are very um, interested in a certain place of living yeah. and it's a very broad thing like you still have to produce something right mm-hmm. rather physical yeah. And how did you go around that? And okay, and, and maybe more directly, like what did you make? What is exactly your uh, graduation work? Florian? Yeah, I think uh, for me it was, uh, it took a while finding the right angle. To- I had all the ingredients, but I didn't know how to put them together in the right way yet. Like I'm very inspired by uh, the urban fabric and the way we live in the city and the way we use the city. I get very much inspired by living in the city myself and using my neighborhood. But I'm also, uh, I also really enjoy making objects one-on-one and uh, building stuff and that kind of thing. So um, I, uh, this year I had kind of this idea, like I love to combine these, uh, these two interests and find sort of the middle ground. And I think I had some trouble with combining this with the project that I was doing. Could you kind of pinpoint the moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to do this? Uh, I think it happened two weeks ago, something like this. Um, 
I, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But I think like you were heading there the whole time. I, yeah, yeah. I I know yeah. I was heading there, but the the, the sort okay, of the backup like the, yeah. in my in my own head wasn't yeah. fully there yeah. or something like this. So I I think I was really sure. Yeah. You were waiting wait, for you know. the click. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Again yeah. the click. Yeah, yeah. 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 The third one. No, I yeah. think you, it's always uh, you need that yeah. time for ideas to boil down yeah. to something no, really definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, looking back, I could have gone there faster, maybe. But um, I'm now doing. Uh, I designed several urban interventions or objects that are placed within public spaces, and these uh, objects or urban interventions, they sort of bridge certain boundaries, both on a larger scale and uh, on a smaller scale. Um, and boundaries, they bridge the boundaries between public and private spaces, so the relationship between public and private spaces. But you cannot escape the question, what is it? They are several objects, so for instance... What's your favorite one? My favorite one is the bridge. I created a bridge. There's this canal that splits uh, at Outer Norden, the Old North, <laughs> my neighborhood, uh, and the neighborhood next to it, and this creates a huge boundary between yeah. these two neighborhoods and yeah, there is a, yeah. There, yeah, a, a really a physical uh, boundary and there is this small bridge but it's placed in a in a location that is uh, it's mainly used by local people or people that only know it but it doesn't stimulate going to the other side green spaces are sort of lacking um, kind of definition and there's not really uh, too much accessibility to the water itself by creating this bridge it sort of extends this walking route from one neighborhood to the other and while also providing larger connection between uh, two or three neighborhoods but then also on a specific location it provides the accessibility to water it provides uh, a place to stop meet with people or mm -hmm. something like this so it's about creating these connections and I, I, I designed multiple interventions within the neighborhood and I placed them in, in locations um, so that from every, uh, from every intervention you, you also can spot a next one and, and thereby you can keep exploring the neighborhood and find place within your own neighborhood and making the neighborhood a bit um, more adventurous, um, more like an exploration rather than just, okay, I live here or blah, blah. And you think you know everything, yet you don't, right? Yeah, and it's about uh, mm, sort of uh, giving new perspectives. And so on the one hand, it's about these urban interventions that connect these uh, different neighborhoods and stimulate a certain flow within these neighborhoods and between these neighborhoods. And then on these specific locations, it's about claiming the public space a bit more for surrounding neighbors and, and so that they feel tempted to use the public space. There's a bit more enclosure and there's a bit more uh, more intimate spaces or something like this. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. I'd love to see it. And I will, right? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what about you, Teresa? What, uh, what did you make? Yeah, so for me, what I knew kind of from the beginning that uh, in the Kaiser side, at least that's what I believe in, uh, only something with a very clear program uh, can can work. And I also wanted to base and not just create like a meeting place or public space, but add also certain function to it that everyone from the village can use. And it's also part of some sort of uh, business or economical model. 
So it's not only about uh, creating a certain social bond or creating certain tradition, but it's really about uh, showing like a clear purpose to the people so uh, they, they are able to use it. So um, in the end, <laughs> the village is based in a freeze region in south of Czech Republic and um, everyone in the village in their garden ha have uh, fruit trees. This village is um, has quite original layout. It's layout around a hill, which is in the middle. It's covered with orchards, so there is many fruit trees, but right now goes usually to the waste. To waste. And so I had an idea um, when I was back there in, uh, in March to create fruit dry and kiln which is inspired by old kilns in eastern parts of Czech Republic called uh, Moravia. And there are only a couple of them left and it's, the fruit there is dried for four days uh, on, on wood fire. And it has very specific taste and it's very something uh, traditional, but I didn't only want to build or uh, also I uh, like design um, like a traditional uh, building that already exists somewhere, but I wanted to give it also um, some certain other meanings or some certain, uh, yeah, like uh, also the vi visually make it a little bit more contemporary, I would say. And um, so also because, um, as I said, my project has very personal link. Uh, my boyfriend within the past year uh, decided that he would like to be a permaculture farmer. So uh, at, at the village, so uh, I also started considering this as I started within the year thinking that uh, actually I would love to build it in, uh, in real life physically. I'm not building it for the graduation show, but maybe within <laughs> next year or two. But uh, I started combining also with, uh, with his ideas and with his business plan. So it would be much easier to succeed in the countryside once uh, there is some sort of daily use or the place has very clear purpose, as I mm -hmm. said. So the idea is that this drying kill would be used by our farm where um, our organic fruit would be dried and vegetables. But also then uh, it would be open for, for, for the whole community around and also for people from other villages to dry their fruit a couple of weekends a year. And also because right now there is not such a place where people can meet. I also designed the building the way that it's very changeable and um, adaptable to different occasions and to different situations, to community cooking, to um, yeah, to like trying fruit obviously, to I don't know yoga sessions, whatever, <laughs> all these things. So and you can make like a whole festival just out yeah. of drying the Yeah, apples, yeah. Right? so it, there could be a lot. And because it also takes four days to dry the fruit, so there could be a lot of things uh, happening. And uh, for now, I designed it that the, because we own a little bit of parts of, of the hill. So it, actually the drying kiln would be on top of the hill in, uh, enclosed by the orchard. So it's also visible if there's the uh, smoke coming out from all, all the sides. So everybody knows that someone is up so anyone can come and um, chat. And also it's a lot about making um, the hill accessible because right now it's really enclosed by electric fences and uh, for, for pastures and all the old roads were closed there. So it's also about opening this place to people, so basically opening our private land for, for public use.
Yeah. That is so beautiful. You're not the only one who are basing their graduation project outside of the Netherlands in their yeah. home countries. And yeah, how are you guys approaching it? How to show the context? Yeah, or... how do you show a project that's not here? Yeah, so your project mm. is actually happening in, an, in another country, but how yeah. do you present it for the public here? For me personally, it's a lot about showing the place and the village and um, getting people to understand. Also, that's what, why my thesis was also a bit tied to the history of the countryside in Czech Republic. I have made different drone videos of the village and uh, I did a lot of hand drawings this year to kind of yeah get this feeling of the countryside, even of the place a bit closer. So it's really about making it graphically understandable, I would say. Yeah. And, and for my uh, for the graduation show, I am going to have yeah some diagrams sketched and uh, also some um, yeah Im images of, of the village and some diagrams and then also some visuals of the final design with diagrams that explains of how, how the space changes and and then packaging for the fruits and then I'm making and then um, a 3D model of the, of the uh, house so you kind of see the tactility and you can a bit feel it that there will be the video and then also um, I wanted to also bring a bit back the old building traditions within mm -hmm. within the area so even though the building is contemporary I used old joints that use like wooden joints that used to be used there so I made them one-to-one -one, uh, in the wood workshop so it's a lot but also very selective of um, yeah. which fragments to show I hope people understand still I feel very hard when I especially when I talk to people from from the Netherlands to kind of imagine the countryside and what it is actually like there You're I like, can see it yeah already. I can I can I can see that people like more from the Oh yeah, I don't want to call it bad, but like from the Eastern Bloc a bit, <laughs> it's over, <laughs> over the Eastern Europe. It's uh, it might be the situation more similar, more uh, yeah, they can imagine it better, I think. But yeah, um, I hope I succeed. And uh, that's another amazing thing, but like this uh, multi multicultural uh, environment in the studies, people from China to the Dutchies, and yeah. it's so cool that you get to actually um, kind of visualize more of how other parts of the world. I really enjoyed this actually. Yeah. Uh, we uh, but, uh, we talk a lot about like what for yeah. example what the Christmas is celebrated here yeah. or there or what <laughs> what's like uh, yeah like different traditions and yeah. also what we do when we meet with the family, what is the food there and there. Yeah. So it's really nice. It's, it's I mean, very it's enriching. We all just yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah it's very enriching I must say. Yeah, yeah I really enjoy and I think this was also one of the reasons I uh, chose this study. Yeah my bachelor was mainly Dutch people. I really enjoy getting to know all these different cultures. It's nice that you get the time with each other and we have the closest that we can go a little bit deeper than just like, hey, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just, uh, that's really nice. And it's nice, yeah, I, I, I think it's nice that I'm the only Dutch one in our class. And you are. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's also this sort of equality or this, uh, uh, yeah. Not that half is Dutch, like I think during my bachelor I had one or two people that were from a different country, and yeah. maybe they were there on an exchange or something like this, but it was quite hard because everyone was talking Dutch and we were used to talking Dutch, although it was in English, but it was in Dutch basically, yeah. so I feel like there, here there is a lot of uh, equality in that sense.
when I came here, like first months, I felt so lost. Like I'm not even part of this because it was just so different from anything I knew. I think what's nice about the study is that, or about the program, uh, is that the first year is uh, taking in a lot of new ways of how you could design, a lot of new ways of thinking about design uh, and tackling certain design problems. And then the second year is about how, how to translate this into your own way of doing things. The tutors are there to talk, but no one tells you what to do. You kind of get in through this all by, by ourselves.